Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast interview here. I'm Chip Brown with Horns247.com. Very excited to be joined by Terry Bowden, head coach of the ULM Warhawks, former Auburn head coach, former Akron head coach, son of Bobby Bowden. Terry, thanks so much for uh, taking a little time with us. Chip, thank you for having me. I I appreciate the opportunity and uh, uh, always uh, enjoy talking uh, uh, with you and this organization and, and just the, the game, upcoming game with Texas. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, I think people, um, you know, they look at Louisiana Monroe and they may, sure. they need to look a little closer to see that Terry <laughs> Bowden is coaching. Well, you know, I wish that would be, I, mean, I wish this all came down to it's something is like that, but it doesn't. And they still probably have better coach than I am. Uh, but you know what? It's an exciting game for us to be playing at a venue like the t- Texas Stadium uh, in a town like Austin in front of 100,000 people plus. Um, and that's an exciting part. The, the negative is that you're getting paid a lot of money to play a team that's a lot better. Uh, and uh, you got to have a lot of things go your way. But done this a long time. I've been on both sides of this coin. And uh, we're going to bring a good, solid football team in there to play. You know, Terry, I, I want to get, we'll get to the, right. your, your team and everything, but you're, I mean, you spent 10 years as a college football analyst. So you, you've always had great thoughts about college football in general. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and, you know, you were at Auburn in the, from 93 to 98, and now you're coaching in the age of the transfer portal and, uh-huh. and NIL. How, how has it changed for a head coach? You know, it, it's well, obviously, the portal and the NIL combined at one time uh, makes it very hard to manage your roster. I think that's something that 
I'm, I don't have any history to fall back on. Okay, what do I do in January? What do I do in February? What do I do in May? It's, you never seem to have your, your recruits in. You never seem to have your roster solidified. And so it's a new thing. And uh, But I've been through so many from, I think, when I – you know, my first year of playing football in West Virginia, my 1974, I, I want to say that it was still unlimited freshman, or maybe maybe four or five years it was, I, I know Johnny Majors won a national championship at Pittsburgh. He had 93 freshmen he signed, Tony Dorsett and all that. So we've gone from that to 45 to 25. Uh, we've gone to so many different things uh, with, with Prop 48s and all the things that we've done. With, and so, you know what I tell my coaches? You know, all we can do is do a better job of handling it than the rest of the guys in our conference. We can't make it change. We can't make it better. We can't make it worse. I don't think it, we can even determine now whether it's going to really even hurt football. It, it'll, it may be a little different in managing our teams. But our job here at, at ULM is to do a better job managing than Lafayette, than Southern Miss. Uh, and, and that's all we can do. And don't worry about things we can't control. Terry, I gotta. I want to take you back to Auburn for a second uh-huh. because you went 11-0 and your mm-hmm. first year at Auburn in 1993. I think you had 46 wins through five seasons and then the one and five start in, in yeah. 98 and, and you stepped down and it came after a column about, you know, the alums at Auburn, like <laughs> lacking patience after, well. you went, I mean, and, and Terry, from that point on, Auburn's gained this reputation is this just unreasonable place to coach. And there was craziness there. Again, last year, what what is it about that place? Is it is it the big money guys? What what is it that makes it so hard to? to well, you know, but you know what? It's I mean, I, I, I would imagine that Texas the uh, the politics are pretty big. I know it's that way. It probably LSU. It's Alabama. When the bigger the school and the more people that uh, that have influence are involved, the more you better keep them happy and not on the other side. You know, and, and as I look at back at Auburn, I can think of nothing but good good feelings about all the success we had there during those times. Those were the most successful first five years of any coach. But, you know, uh, Tommy Tugville ended up facing the same thing. Gene Sizzik, the same thing. Uh, uh, Gus Miles, the same yes. thing. So I, I think when you've got uh, 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 situations where, one, it's so important to people that love the school, because I don't know that I want to place Auburn in too much of a different situation than a lot of schools. I know if you don't win at the, at the big schools, and there is no bigger school than Texas. There is no bigger school historically and, and tradition. Uh, you've got to be successful. And if you don't keep the right people happy, you know, it may not happen. But, you know, you know, I, I want to say that I wouldn't change it for the world having been at Auburn. I was the youngest head coach at 36. We didn't just win 11 straight. We won our first 20 straight in the SEC. I'd probably make about a $100 million contract now. I got a new watch while I was there. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but you know what? When we split up, I went to work for ABC, got to work with John Saunders in Times Square 10 years. So I had 15 years as a head coach. I had 10 great years of having more fun than you can ever imagine, broadcasting and doing studio shows in New York. And now I'm on my 11th year coming back in my 27th year. So I've been really blessed to, uh, uh, just to be where I am at 66 years old coaching. And, and uh, so it's been fun. Those were great times. It's almost like that was a different life. <laughs> who who was the most talented player you coached in your oh, time at Auburn? I really, Takeo Spikes. You remember Takeo? Oh, yeah. Oh, he was that neck. Yeah, neck. I mean, he had, if he had, he had, he had shoulders up to his helmet. Yeah. He was a, he was a uh, 
first round, eighth, eighth guy picked first round as a middle linebacker. You know, usually those guys come out on third downs, but he was a four, five, 40. I thought he's the only guy that I've ever coached that could have played NFL ball right out of high school. He was that talented, may have been specialty only, but he was that good of a player. Now I didn't, you know, I was at division three, division two, division one, double a, uh, division one group of five and division one power five. So I've been half my career at lower levels where you don't have as many NFL players. And I've had Willie Anderson. I've had great offensive linemen who spent years and years in the pros. Uh, but I've had as many players that I considered great team guys. You know, Jimbo Fisher was the very first quarterback I ever signed in high, out of high school. Is and that he right? Was still the best. Yeah. He was, I signed him in 1983. He was my first quarterback. He worked for me 14 years. A.J. Milwee was with me seven years, the year quarterback coach there at Texas. He was a great quarterback. We don't think about all the great players like A.J. and Jimbo because they were at smaller colleges. But it, but there's a lot of those out there and that I appreciate over the years. Well, tell us about A.J. Milwee. What, oh, what, what stood out about him? He, great teacher. Great. Well, first of all, great person. Great human being. And I think it's very important to me to surround myself with coaches who have the right type of uh, mentorship that they can give to the players, the right type of leaders, the right type of character, uh, great wife, great family guy, great dad, mom, great family, uh, perfect guy. That I saw the Manning quarterback is there uh, coming in. And I thought, well, that's the perfect guy because AJ's the perfect coaches. I would say more cerebral than visceral. You know, Jimbo Fisher and Damian Craig were a couple of my quarterbacks at a and I know y'all don't want to talk about A&M. But I, I think of Jimbo as being a very, very uh, visceral, very gut feeling type of play caller. Uh, AJ, a very cerebral. I think he's much more cerebral, and I think that's kind of what uh, a quarterback needs uh, a lot of times. That is, uh, that's fantastic stuff. Okay, so your dad is is the legendary Bobby uh -huh. Bowden. Do you find yourself uttering isms, Bobby isms? in your day-to-day -day life? And if so, what are like your favorites? The, the, everything's a Bobby Bowdenism. You got to remember, <laughs> I played for him at West Virginia, left me, left me as a little old walk-on with the next coach for a couple of years. Then I went down and GA'd for, for him. And I've been a head coach ever since. And I studied him everywhere I've ever went. And so almost everything I've got is a Bobby Bowdenism <laughs> just from, you know, you, if you, you got good leadership, you don't have injuries, you got a chance to have a good year, you know, and, uh, but the biggest, the but he's a, I think it's just the way he treats people. I don't know if it's one thing in particular other than the dad gummits that we all miss. You know, he just passed one year ago this past week, uh, and I miss him every day. But but I think the funniest thing was for the last twenty years, I get up at four o'clock in the morning. He'd get up about five, and we talked every morning for the last twenty years. And every morning we would leave the conversation. He would have the final word. He'd say, "Hey, Terry." you say something good about me and I'll say something good about you. <laughs> and we would laugh because I'd be speaking in one state. He'd be speaking in the other state. And that was his way. Hey, you, you got my back. I got yours. Cause in this game of football, we always got somebody getting on us pretty bad. Oh, for sure. I mean, for sure. And, and Tommy, I mean, yeah. oh, you yeah. know, you're the, you're the eldest, right? No, Tommy's two years older now. He was, oh, he was my, my bad. My bad. He was my coordinator at Auburn. Uh, then he went on to Tulane and went undefeated, uh, and uh, and then went on to Clemson. But Tommy retired at 55 and and uh, is enjoying every minute of retirement. I don't know what to do if I retire. But Tommy, you know, Tommy is a uh, he never had a losing season at Tulane and um, and um, Clemson in the 90s. You talk about a, a fun a fun decade. 
do you know the decade of the 90s in 93 i went undefeated national coach of the year in 98 tommy went undefeated tulane national coach of the year and in 99 my dad went undefeated national coach of the year and national champion so long time ago you know all my players were not even born when i was at auburn so <laughs> maybe the first time wow. they ever hear that <laughs> how about that how about that and it's so funny arch manning's high school coach played for Tommy at Tulane on that, <laughs> well, on that undefeated my, team. Hey, my last, my last full year at Auburn in the SC championship, we lost to Tennessee on a late touchdown pass from Peyton Manning to Peerless Price. So I was coaching against Peyton, the dad uh, or uncle uh, of Arch uh, in my last game, uh, last full year at Auburn. Okay. We're making our way to, <laughs> to your time at ULM, but you were an analyst uh -huh. for Dabo for yeah. two years at Clemson before right. you took the ULM job. Right. So tell me about that. How did that come about and well, what did you get out of that experience? Great opportunity. You know, the, the analyst situation has changed since I began coaching or even the last 10 years. Uh, and lately, I, we all noticed that, that coaches that maybe get their contracts get bought out uh, and they've got money, they'll say, I want to go be an analyst somewhere and keep my name in the hunt, to keep myself active. And here I'm 60, hey, I'm 63 years old. And, you know, that's a perfect coaching age. That's not a good hiring age. <laughs> that's the truth. And so I said, you know, I got to go jump on as an analyst somewhere. And, of course, Dabo was in Alabama as a player when I started at Auburn, and I've known him forever. And then my brother hired him, and then my brother recommended him. So I thought I could pull in a marker there and, and be an analyst. But you know what? When I got there after spring ball, he said, Coach, I, I, I don't have any, any analyst positions open and you can't volunteer because I told him I can volunteer. I got my own salary. I got my own benefits. He said, he said, I don't have an analyst position left open. You'd have to be a student or uh, 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 be a paid salary. I have nothing. And I said, OK, I'll go back to school. So, you know, I went back and applied for grad school at 63 years old. And during my two years as an analyst at Clemson, I got my master's degree <laughs> at Clemson just so I could stay in the hunt and coach a little bit more. And then I enjoyed, I enjoyed sitting in the back of the room because for, for about 25 years, I sat in the front of the room every meeting and I enjoyed watching and studying Dabo and how Clemson's been able to build that program. Uh, and that was very, that was interesting because I, I really was more focused on not learning how to call plays or, or do that, but watch how he managed a football team and how he managed a team that was really take, took Clemson to another level. Yeah, that is, that's, you know, that's funny. It's what Gary Patterson told me that, you know, now that he's a special assistant to Sark at Texas, right. he likes being able to walk out of the meetings and say, well, I hope Sark can solve that problem. <laughs> Not I, my problem. I promise you, I know exactly what he means. I had, <laughs> There was nothing more fun than to sit in the back room when all your life you've sat at the head table and everything falls on you. I, I enjoyed having someone else take the blame. Okay. Or, so, credit. <laughs> well, we'll take a quick break. We'll take all a quick right. break with, uh, with Terry Bowden, head coach of the ULM Warhawks. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. So, Terry, the ULM job comes open. They're 0-10, um, you know, the previous year, and, and you say, I want that job. Yeah. What, what led to you taking that job? All right, all right. First of all, you, when you're when – you're, when you're, you got a pandemic in the middle of it. You're 64 – by that time, you're 65, and you're wondering if what jobs will even come open. You can't get offered a job until it comes yeah. open. And – in 2015, ULM was hiring a coach. They flew up and talked to me, and I almost left then. They really were trying to get committed to, to building their program, but they just couldn't. It just didn't work out. I, the salary was was we couldn't come up with the right figures, and nobody's fault. So I'd already knew a lot about them, and, but you know when I finally and I so I knew the the area of the country where they recruited. You know, you got to remember East Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and not a bad recruiting area. And uh, and I knew all about the 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 league. I've coached against most of the people in the Sun Belt, and I knew enough about ULM. So when they called, and uh, I said, you know what, this is this may be the only opening that that comes after me. And I've said this, you know what, if you're going to take over a job, and I, everything I've taken over has to been a turnaround job where you turn one around. I said you might as well be a ten and 0, 0 and ten. I don't want a one and nine team. I want to take over an zero and ten team uh, and see where we can go. So we had the biggest turnaround last year in the conference, the, the zero to four wins was the biggest turnaround. So it's, Hey, you know what? You don't want to go 11 and again, like I did at Auburn, cause there's nowhere to go, but down. So <laughs> I learned, I learned the lesson at Auburn. <laughs> well, you had Rich Rodriguez is your yeah. offensive coordinator. Uh, his son was one of your quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, you got Vic Caning is your defensive coordinator. Now we know him from his days at West Virginia. He was putting together great defenses uh-huh. at West Virginia. I mean, your Rolodex is about as as good as it comes, Terry. Well, you have to be. First of all, a group of five, you make your coaches make just enough money to be high on everybody's list because you don't have to outbid anybody for the coaches. And I've got some pretty good ones. Now, Vic Coning, you mentioned West Virginia. He was my brother's coordinator at Clemson. He's twice been coordinator at, at Troy, Kansas State. He's been several places. He's been very successful. I've known him since he was a coordinator for my brother at Clemson. But twice he was at Troy, and twice they had the number one defense in in this conference, number one or two. And I know he can coach, and so I was glad to get him this time around and was was thrilled about that. Matt Coning, my new offensive coordinator, he was the offensive coordinator here for four years. They had great offense at that time. So, you know what, if anything, I'm fortunate of. When we lose a coach, I've got coaches or players that play for my brother, my dad, or I that are looking for jobs. And so I think I've got a pretty good Rolodex, like you said, but that's also something that you got to expect at a group of five school. If you get good coaches, you're going to lose them. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's amazing, and and so let's get to your team now. You've yeah. got eight starters back on on offense, four starters back on defense. What you know? What where do you what do you like most about your team, and where do you have some work to make up here in camp? Well, I mean, I mean, I think we're getting closer to being competitive at the at, in the Sun Belt Conference. We won 
three games in the conference last year, uh, and we were competitive in several others. We led in eight games. So I think the biggest thing is that from an overall team standpoint, offense, defense, we are getting level uh, talent that matches up with the level of our conference. We had to upset people to win games last year, uh, and I think we're going to have to do that again this year. But overall, I think we don't have – I don't think we've got a bunch of first-day draft choices. You know, we may have a free agent or two, but we don't have any first-day draft choices. We've got good, solid Sunbelt players, and they have really bought in. They're great. I just – good – I enjoy coaching them. After 25 years, I want guys that I like, you know, and I want yeah. them to work hard, and I want them to play hard and to be mentally tough, but I also want them to be – good character guys. And I've had, you know, I've had some great players that I didn't like very much. I didn't tell them that. Yeah. But I, think I really like the, the, the quality of, the, of our guys. And I don't know what, you know, we've got Texas in three, two weeks later, we got Alabama. So I don't know what will happen in those games. I've coached enough of these kind of games, but I know that if we go out there and play our best, don't get beat up and hurt. I think we're going to have a very, very competitive team uh, in the Sunbelt conference. Where, where do you, uh, you know, what would you consider the strength of your team mm -hmm. and what's your biggest concern? Uh, well, I think take offense. I think we got two quarterbacks back that are very, very solid Sunbelt quarterbacks that can run and throw well enough to be successful in the Sunbelt. Uh, and, and, and the depth that our receivers and running backs is our best depth. Uh, and so I think that, but, our, but again, we lost some linemen, you know, uh, um, Willie Tyler from uh, uh, Texas was our best lineman. And he left and went to Rutgers. So we, our best guy was a guy that couldn't play for Texas or didn't play a lot for Texas. Uh, so we've got to shore up that offensive line. We've got some good portal transfers. We'll be solid. I would think if there's going to be a, a mismatch or a chance where we'll come in there and Texas will be uh, at, a, at a real talent level, that'll be, to, me, to me that'll be one of the areas we have to really be concerned about, just making sure we can protect the quarterback and we can run our offense to some degree. Defensively, we, we we got a lot of new faces, but Vic Coning, we brought in some more portal transfers on defense. And when you got a guy that's in his sixties, has been a coordinator all his life, I've kind of watched him bring in guys that you're not not quite sure how they fit in, but you know he's sure he's sure how they fit in. He knows the kind of players he needs, and so uh, I just feel good about the 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 uh, the staff that I have. Otis Bounds, my new secondary coach, he played for me at Auburn. You know, Ricky Logo, a great defensive line coach. Uh, uh, who was at Washington State, has worked with uh, uh, Coach um, uh, Coning uh, before that, and Ron West, our linebacker coach, has is, is, uh, been around a, a good bit too. So anyway, defensively, I like the, the, I like, I like the leadership and the fact that Coach Coning has been in the – he's been in the battles. He's battle-tested. He can react under pressure. I think he can put his players in the best position to be successful, and then maybe more importantly, during the game – make the quickest on-field adjustments to give us a chance. And I, that comes only with a coordinator that has some history that's been yeah. there before. And so I think that's going to give us a chance to be a lot better. Our, our star, our best player is our middle linebacker, Zach Woodard. Uh, he is a very, very good Sunbelt player uh, and has a knack for getting around the ball. The definition of a, of a, of a good coach is someone who can solve a problem quickly. Right. Absolutely. I, I think on game day, you're really talking about that. Now, I, I spent 20 of my first years about calling plays. And so your ability to, to, to react quickly on game day is the most critical thing. And people think, well, you had a great game plan. Well, the defense has put in a different game plan while you're putting in your game plan. And so by the first series, you're playing a whole different scheme than you thought they're going to have. 
And the key to being successful is to make not halftime adjustments, but every series adjustments to the little things that they're doing. And so I've, I've got a couple of coordinators at least have got some background in that. And if I don't keep my nose out of it, I'll probably add some of the offense. Uh, AJ knows what a headache that is because he was my coordinator. <laughs> he probably hated having me on that headset too. Uh, but but I think game game day game day adjustments, being able to have been in the been in the trenches, been in the wars before, uh, allows you to make those kind of adjustments. Now in Texas, we may not have enough bullets in our gun, uh, even if we do make those adjustments. But you know that's the last thing in the world we should be laying our laying our heads on our pillow worried about because we can't can't change that. Yeah. Well, AJ was your coordinator at Akron. Mm-hmm. Another one of your turnaround. Uh, projects you won a mac championship at akron um everywhere you go you you get it going terry and that's that's uh that's exciting for the folks there in in monroe yeah you know what and i think and i and i really i i I believe absolutely that we'll be competitive with this conference and we'll be in the conference championship at some point uh the western division for you know western division i've always said when i was at auburn there is no division tougher than the Western division of the SEC. There is not, and there still is not. But the Western division of our conference, Texas State, uh, um, Arkansas State, South Alabama, Southern Miss, Troy, everybody had losing seasons except Lafayette. So we do have a wide open division. So really there's some excitement here because we're one of a bunch that are trying to get their program back on top. Have you been to Cormier's in Monroe? Oh, you can't go for crawfish? Oh, yeah. You got to go to Cormier's. I'm going to tell you, great place. Uh, you know, if you don't like crawfish, you better fake it till you make it. Right. <laughs> they got crawfish in your grits. They got crawfish in your dead gum. Everything you do has got crawfish. And so if you don't like it, you better pretend that you do because you, you ain't one of them if you don't like crawfish. That's right. That's right. Okay. So what, uh, give me a John Saunders story. You know, you were ten- Here's my favorite one. I tell people, you're a broadcaster. When I went to New York, they as an analyst now, and I've been a head coach 15 years, and, and I've been a son of a coach since I was born, and you think you know a little bit about football, and now I'm going on live television in New York City in Times Square, and it ain't it ain't taped, it's live. And and I don't care how many times you come out of that tunnel, you get nervous going live. And he'd had situations in the prior times where his partner would just go blank. He'd ask, he'd go blank on national TV. He said, Terry, let me tell you, there are three little rules. Three things are going to happen to you in this business, and you got to follow the rules. He says, the first thing you need to do when you go live TV is say something. If I ask you a question, just say something. <laughs> he said, he said, and then when you get good, you'll say something important. And he said, if you and if you last long enough in this business, you'll say the most important thing. And you know what? Say something, say something important, and say the most important thing. Not a bad rule for a lot of people in a lot of businesses. Not bad. Not bad for a hockey player. He was a yeah, hockey player. Great hockey. He loved he, he it, during the fall. He would be doing hockey games. He was a he was a play by play for the Toronto Raptors. He did hockey. He loved hockey, and he did college football all at the same time. Wow. Well, okay. Real quick on Willie yeah. Tyler. Yeah. I mean, what what kind of player was he? Because we never saw him play at Texas. <laughs> We know, he, we know he he was great for our level. I don't know the I I think for, when you play for Texas in the league y'all play in, uh, he has to keep his adrenaline up a notch and play with great intensity. Uh, but he played with it. He, he he was growing into that. He was growing into that. You know, I, I'll say this: he was six foot six. You know, three fifteen, three twenty. 
We lost three players after spring ball, Chip. We lost a, a left tackle who was 6'6". We lost a defensive end who was 6'5", and a cornerback that was 6'1". Those are the most difficult things to find, and they all went power five. And, and we'll see if they start because they may be depth. But if you – I've almost decided I'm going to sign six two tackles. Uh, no matter how much I want a six five guy, because if they if they develop and are any good, we're going to lose them. They're going to go in the portal. So, anyway, Willie, he was a great uh, – was a really good player for us. Uh, and, he's a, and he's a good person. Uh, but maybe Rutgers, Rutgers will be a great place for him to see if he can get back in the, in the power five uh, and see what he can do. Well, Terry – I, I could talk to you all day. I mean, you've got that. You just you you were fantastic as a college football analyst, by the way. Well, thank um, you. And and everywhere you've been, you've won. So uh, I think Texas fans are they're paying attention now that they know Terry Bowden is the head coach of the ULM well, Warhawks. Tell them not to pay too much attention till the second <laughs> game. <laughs> well, we listen. don't want to get blown out. We just want to come in there. And uh, and 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 make a great showing, and we'll we'll play hard, and we'll make a great showing. But uh, uh, and we're thankful. A lot of people don't realize, Chip, that when it talks to the big money in college football, the only way we group of fives can get it is if the power five school give us a game, because we make you know almost two million dollars playing Texas. And uh, yes, we want to win uh, when we play power five schools, but we also need that money to make our budgets work. And so it's a great way of kicking that TV money down to the uh, group of five level. Well, I, I don't know how much you've looked at Texas, but yeah. I guess I should ask you for a thought on Texas, Steve Sarkeesian, what the Longhorns trying to come back from a yeah. five-win season themselves. Well, I think I think if you look at Nick Saban, his first year at Alabama, you'll see a lot of times we're a great coach. The first year, they've got to make decisions. They've got to change what they're doing, and the results don't show. The biggest success comes from year one to year two. I, I see great talent. I see him competing for the conference championship. Uh, and I see a team that we we're gonna have we're gonna go in there hoping they do things that would that would. I mean, we beat Northwestern the year they played for the Big Ten championship when I was at Akron. We had two pick sixes. You know, you have to have something like that. But I would think if those guys will just continue to stay steady and follow the plan, uh, I would expect to see the Texas back in the hunt for the conference championship this year. Well, listen, we we sure do appreciate you taking some time with us. And, uh, and we'll see you in Austin on September 3rd. Thanks so much, Terry. Thank you for having me. Take care now. All right. For Terry Bowden, I'm Chip Brown. Until next time, we'll see you at horns247.com. Stay safe and keep the faith. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.